0: Good afternoon and welcome to our September News & Brew Sports Biz, our To The Point podcast and video series where you'll hear about new developments related to the coronavirus pandemic and other emerging issues impacting the business of college sports. I'm your host, Katie Davis, and I'm here with my partner, Ken Kerdzel. You're in for a treat today. Our guest is Brad Strickland, Executive Associate AD and CFO of University of Central Florida Athletic Association. Go Knights!
1: Brad Uh has a unique perspective to share as a member of the American Athletic Conference. And we're going to talk to him about leading a college athletics program through the uncertainty of the pandemic. So, Brad, please tell us a little bit about your history in college athletics, how you got to where you are and what your role is at UCF.
2: Sure. Thanks, uh, first of all, for having me on. Uh, I'm looking forward to the conversation. Um, I'm going to go way back in the uh, time machine, back to the uh, late 80s. (laughs) To get started, I was a uh, student at Southern Miss, and I was an accounting major, and I was looking for a job and um, realized that uh, there was uh, an opening for an equipment manager for the football team, and uh, this was back when uh, there was a gunslinging quarterback named Brett Favre uh, throwing Mm -hmm. it all over the place, and so I thought that would be a really cool thing to do. And so um, I joined the football program as an equipment manager. And uh, I guess my senior year, I was kind of faced with the with the am I going to do audit? Am I going to do tax as an accounting major? And I really didn't want to do either, to be honest with you. And uh, I started asking around and I found out um, that um, athletic departments needed a, a budget person or a finance person to to uh help them keep the bills paid and and uh monitor the budget so i uh, i asked around um, you know and and uh found out how to really get started in the business and at the time it was taking out an old typewriter and typing out a lot of letters and and uh <laughs> trying to trying to find a graduate assistantship somewhere uh southern miss asked me to stay on as a GA in their equipment room, but I, I uh, as much as I would have loved to have done that, I wanted to be in the administrative area. So I was able to secure a graduate assistantship in the athletic business office at Georgia Southern, and they had a uh, sports management program. And so um, that's what I did. I spent a year and a half at Georgia Southern and worked in the athletic business office and really started to understand, uh, you know, how the business of college athletics uh, was working. Um, Needed an internship for my uh, graduate degree in sports management. I was able to secure an internship at the University of Florida in their ticket office, uh, which was at a really cool time. It was uh, 90, the 93, 94 years. So there was a uh, SEC football championship game. There was a Sugar Bowl. And then uh, it was Florida's first Final Four as well in men's basketball. And so I got to experience uh, the ticketing side of three major (laughs) events uh going on as well uh so once that internship completed um fortunately for me my boss at georgia southern decided to take a job at another school which opened up uh, the assistant ad role uh there and i thought i had no chance at all i was 25 years old and no chance at all of getting a, a job like that and i was able to to get that job so at 25 i was an assistant ad for business um, you know, it was I was never a, a an assistant business manager or just business manager. Uh, so I, I had to learn how to lead a team without any experience really <laughs> whatsoever in uh, leading a team. So I'm sure there were uh, bumps in that road uh, for sure. You could probably uh, track them down and ask uh, the, the staff. But it was a good learning experience. I had to like I said, it, it's it's similar to the stories you hear of of dad's you know, throwing their kids in the water to tell them to learn how to swim. It was exactly that. I had to to learn how to swim uh, with really no guidance uh, when it came to, you know, running a business office. Um, uh, But from there, I um, actually uh, received a call about four years into that from uh, Conference USA. The Senior Associate Commissioner for Conference USA was at Southern Miss when I was an equipment manager. He was the number uh, two uh, administrator uh, at the time, and I'd gotten to know him as I was trying to learn uh, more about the path, and uh, he called me and Im- invited me to join the Conference USA team in Chicago, so I moved from Statesboro, Georgia to Chicago, Illinois in February, <laughs> which Ooh, big is probably change. not the smartest <laughs> move, but uh again you might as well just jump uh, jump right into the deep end and uh and, and learn how to deal with it so i learned uh, my first chicago winter <laughs> was right out of the gate so uh but but that was a um that was truly a fun experience uh, not only getting to live somewhere in a different region of the country uh i never lived before and um uh, but but working at a conference office where you really get to more develop the more the macro view mm-hmm. of, um, of the industry itself. You're not just worried about how things are going on your campus. You're worried about how things are going on 14 or 15 different campuses and, um, okay. uh, very diverse membership as well. We had a military academy that played football only at the time and army. We had a lot of uh, Catholic private uh, schools that just played basketball. And, uh, and then we had Southern football uh, dominant playing schools. So, uh, and, and Mike Slive was the commissioner and what a thrill it was to, to work with him and, mm-hmm. and really see an incredible uh, style of uh, being able to build a consensus of a very, very diverse group. Um, There was no doubt that he could he could do the job at the SEC. You have more probably the schools there have a lot more in common than the schools in Conference USA had at the time. Mm -hmm. And uh, and uh, but but it was it was an honor to be able to work for him and and really see how he um, how he worked. And and then also learning, you know, how television contracts worked and bowl agreements worked and those kind of things. So. the first round of conference realignment really kind of occurred uh, while I was there with uh, uh, a number of schools um, uh, leaving the Big East to go to the ACC. And so the Big East took a lot of Conference USA schools at the time. And, um, and that was when UCF joined Conference USA. And I got to know uh, the athletic director at the time. He was uh, more uh, kind of came up in the business similar to me in terms of he's on the finance side of things. And so he and I really got to know each other pretty well. He was on our finance committee and so forth. And um, and uh, they had also just become a um, an athletics association, becoming a 501c3 at the time as well. So uh, when I found out that the job was available, uh, I, I just happened to be in Orlando at the time at the inaugural Conference USA Football Championship game. They were hosting it. And so I was able to see him in person uh, the night, uh, before the game. And I just ran up to him and told him I wanted the job. I didn't know what it would, what, what it would take, but I felt like with my 501c3 experience and then also college athletics uh, experience that I might be a good fit there. And a few months later I was uh, moving to Orlando. And so seven great years at Conference USA and, um, obviously a, uh, a crazy 14 and a half years, uh, UCF, uh, with, uh, you know, the conference changes, growth, incredible growth, um, not only in the budget, but fan base. And it was it was the the, the very things that attracted me to, to the job or the things that we're starting to um, see realized now w- with sold out crowds and, uh, you know, a, a national brand. And, um, you know, we we hear from fans all over the country. So that are excited about their nights and um, mm. the, the alumni engagement. Uh, the number of facilities that we've built, including an on campus stadium and on campus arena, all of those things have uh, just been an incredible, incredible experience. So, quite
1: I a hope ride.
2: That was, introduction yeah, that was great. It there you it's go. It's <laughs> hard to believe it's been 14 and a half years, but that's yes. that is amazing. So, yes, it has it flown by, no, no doubt about it.
0: Well, and I know in your role, you're also a sports supervisor and you're probably paying extra close attention to how your student athletes are doing. Um, so how are they doing right now and what are you doing to help keep them engaged and make sure that they're safe and well right now?
2: Yeah, so I would I would say considering all that's going on, I think they're doing fine. Um, football is our only sport that is uh, currently in season. Uh, The other fall sports, uh, the the conference, as a conference, it uh, it was decided that we would um, move those schedules to the spring. So certainly they were disappointed uh, for that. But but obviously understanding um, a very, um, uh, very, you know, um, uh, critical uh, situation that we're all living through right now. But uh, but. as far as football is concerned, we've had a few uh, student athletes decide to opt out and we've been very supportive of them. Um, you know, they're very uh, sensitive situations, right, with, with their families and so forth and, and their safety is their biggest concern. And so we want to we support them through that and, and we're doing so. And then um, constant testing right now, we're uh, testing all of our student athletes uh, uh, once a week. Uh, and then once football gets started with our season, which uh, we still have a few more weeks before the season gets started, um, (laughs) they will uh, go into a, a three times a week, uh, protocol. Uh, so, uh, we want to make sure that, uh, anybody that's in season for sure is feeling safe and, and uh, comfortable with going out and, and competing with, with our brand, either on their chest or on their helmet, you know, that sort of thing. So, um. You know, in addition to that, we have all the sanitizing, you know, stations all over the place. You know, we want to we, every chance somebody gets to to clean their hands or clean their desk or what have you. We've we've got all the supplies, um, you know, for them there. And uh, we've actually developed separate bubbles as well. So uh, football is in in uh, I you know it's not a full blown bubble similar to what the NFL or the NBA is doing, but. Um, you know, the uh, the football team is pretty much isolated from the time they get up uh, until the time they go to bed. Uh, so over in the uh, football facilities, um, or obviously in class, but, um, but, uh, you know, and so, for instance, I'm not in that bubble. So I'm not able to even go visit the, uh, the administrators or the coaches over there I, in person, I have to Call or just do a video uh, chat with them. So we're we're doing everything we can to kind of keep them isolated from the uh, from the general population. Uh, I could go to practice as long as I'm just I'm wearing a mask and I'm I'm staying away. But in terms of going to meetings and those kind of things, uh, pretty much staying away from them. And uh, and then our other sports right now are on, in their own bubble as well. So um, doing everything we can to. To make and the biggest thing is that they they feel comfortable and that they feel safe, right? And, you know, it's the perception is reality. We can have all of these things uh, laid out for them, but uh, if if they're not feeling comfortable even with that, then uh, they've you know they've been very good about coming and talking to us about about not uh, being comfortable with it. And then we've like I said, supported them if they wanted to opt out or or stay home. We've had a number of international kids uh, decide to stay home, but but for the most part doing really well.
0: Good. Right. Um, so what kind of impact on your budget ha- is, you know, the bubble and the sanitation and the testing and all of that? Have you been able to quantify what that's going to look like for football season and then even just the entire fall with the rest of your athletes?
2: Yeah, we're, we're still working through a number of those uh, issues. Um, you know, if, you, if we isolate it down to just the strict uh sanitizing and testing and those kind of things just for the student athletes you know going once we go to three times a week i believe the conference is picking up one of those tests uh during the week uh but the other two are on us and then of course all of our other student athletes going mm-hmm. through so, you know we're probably looking at about a million and a half or so impact uh to the budget for the fall uh, just for testing and then all the sanitation supplies, getting the stadium ready, um, you know, for, you know, with plexiglass on the concession stands and uh, making sure that, um, you know, we have things in place to, to promote the social distancing and all the different sanitation or sanitization um uh uh, stations and and all of that um quarantine uh our student athletes were quarantined once they came in back to campus until they were tested and um if they're tested testing positive we we isolate them and and quarantine them for a number of days and some of those uh before the dorms opened were in hotels uh and then providing meals to them uh during that time when they weren't weren't allowed to leave their hotel room uh so um but that we're we're looking it could be uh if if we're still having to do uh testing three times a week once we get into the spring seasons for the for at least the contact sports or the very close facing uh type sports um you know that could be a two and a half million dollar issue for us hmm. Hmm. so that's pretty significant when uh we're talking also about some major revenue <laughs> shortfalls as well oh, sure. yeah boy. <clears throat> Brad, what are some that of the top you want to have one of these <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely.
1: <laughs> what are some of the top metrics that you use to keep your pulse on the um financial health of the athletic association, and then how do you communicate those with your a d Danny White
2: yeah, so um You know the the three big areas that I look at, at least in terms of the revenue side of things, is um, uh, we're we're uh, have a large revenue stream from the university with our student fees, and so uh, enrollment uh, making is is a is a big issue for us. I mean, we've got a considerable enrollment, but uh, during a pandemic, Mm -hmm. the concern about it uh, being down. Fortunately, um, right now enrollment is up. Uh, from what they had projected. So if that holds through, that uh, true that could that could really help us uh, at the end of the year. So I keep a close eye on that. I keep a close eye on pledge payments uh, coming in for debt. Um, we've uh, raised a considerable amount of money since Danny uh, has been here. Some of those are being paid out over time and, and certainly we want to make sure that those are coming in on time so we can meet our own obligations. Um And that includes the stadium debt. So we're talking about ticket sales and the per seat uh, distributions, the premium seat sales, uh, those kind of things that, um, you know, we keep a very close eye on. Uh, And then just as uh, obviously, if I see anything that throws up a red flag, I I call Danny uh, immediately. Uh, But otherwise, I typically set up a call with him along with a list of other items that I need to talk with him about uh, once a week or once every other week. Mm -hmm. We'll have uh, a good conversation. I update our executive team uh, that has all of our external units on there uh, as well to I uh, keep them updated at our executive staff meeting of things I'm seeing. Um, another big issue for us is, is cash flow. Uh, mm-hmm. Since we're a 501c3, we have a separate bank uh, account for the revenues not associated with the university, so the student fees Um, those stay in a university account and then we have a bank account that we um, utilize for all of our other uh, uh, payables and um, so we have to keep a close eye on it and and really track uh, cash flow and uh, get a clear understanding of what our obligations are coming up in the next several months so that if uh, there's anything that um, I need to make any aware of. Uh, I make sure he's he's aware of that immediately, so that we can make uh, some decisions, uh, whether it be um, you know uh, uh, delaying you know an, another capital project or or what have you. If we're trying to use budgeted funds to to get a, a project started, he'll at least know where we are, so that we um, don't start that too quickly and and put ourselves in a little bit of a bind um near the end of the year when we when we truly need need some money so um but but those are the those are the big things and then obviously you know obviously this year um with uh 25 uh, uh, capacity in our stadium um and we're really not even doing season tickets we're just doing everything on single game tickets so there, there will be pretty much daily updates as it comes to uh, as people are going in and they're into their accounts and buying tickets for the upcoming year, uh, that we can keep a close a close eye on that. But uh, the biggest thing is, I don't want somebody on campus or a fan or or uh, a journalist to tell Danny something that uh, he should have heard from me first. So it's it's uh, that was something I learned from Jeremy Foley uh, back in, in the Florida days. Is don't let me read something in the paper uh, that I should. <laughs> so. Um, that's, that's pretty much the key element there is to, yeah. to keep a very close eye on things. And then if I see anything trending negatively, I need to, I need to let him know, uh, as quickly as possible.
1: Well, that's probably a good mantra for young business managers to, to follow. So that's, that's good advice. So <laughs> if you... <laughs> Um, with the COVID pandemic, obviously it's causing you to to relook at budgets and forecasts and probably many, many forecasts and business continuity plans. Have you found that there's opportunities to kind of rethink things going forward that wouldn't just apply to this year with COVID, but um, that may actually change the way things are done going forward in future years?
2: Well, I'll start off with um, being very, Happy about a decision we made about four years ago, and I think it's helping us through this. And that was um, uh, restructuring our corporate sales, and we moved those in house. So yes, we gave up a guarantee, which you would think would could hurt us uh, in this in this uh, situation. However, um, it moving that corporate sales team in house, not having a, a third party sell on our behalf, has allowed us to really um, establish incredible relationships with, mm. uh, with corporations, uh, in the central Florida region. And so they, they're not just, uh, clients or customers, they're partners with us. Right. And so what is it's allowed us to be uh, much more nimble, uh, when it comes to something like this, where maybe they're not getting the same value, uh, for their sponsorship as, uh, they have in their contract, right? We can't deliver on certain elements, uh, you know, 45,000 fans a game, that kind of thing, that, right. um, that it, you know, would have been the situation, it would have been that case had we uh, not gone through this, but um, it allows our, our corporate staff to uh, get creative and figure out different ways that um, maybe we maybe we make a, a video of um, whether it be practice or, or something that's going on in the city of Orlando and, throw their throw their logo up there and say you know so and so corporation proudly presents um you know uh, what what volleyball a day in the life of volleyball during the pandemic or some you know something to that extent but but it's allowed us to to do that so hopefully there's uh less value lost uh than at least what we're projecting <laughs> conservatively projecting so that we can um uh that we can uh, uh not uh see a negative impact uh, from that but I was, I was very, it was something that we were working on prior to Danny uh, coming on board. And then once he came on board, we uh, had that discussion and he was, he was all in and it turned out to be a fantastic decision. We've seen our corporate uh, sales revenues uh, skyrocket uh, more than triple uh, what we were doing with the, with the guarantee. And, um, you know, it's, it's, it's just been a huge benefit for us and, and also just to have them in-house uh, and and as we start to structure contracts and so forth we can pull in mm-hmm. all the different external entities and okay how can we make this partnership uh with this corporation the best it can be and it, it's just been it's just been wonderful uh the other thing that we did um and it was really last year it was um is we restructured the business office staff so we The university uh since we have to do all the financial reporting in house cash flow management accounts payable all of those things that typically are done in centralized um university um that was something that the university came to us and said hey we can help you with this and and so they um basically three and a half uh fte worth of of staff um Started working for us, and and I didn't have to lose any business office staff, and so mm-hmm. I was able to um, move a lot of the things that took up an ex- extraordinary amount of time, and uh, and wasn't it was causing us not to be timely with a lot of reporting and so forth. I was able to move all of that to um, to the university with dedicated staff just for those purposes. Then I restructured the business office to become more liaisons with the sports. And the and the units and so uh, each sport has uh, has a person on my st- on the business office staff that they can call to get everything they need from a business office standpoint. They don't have to worry about seeing one person for uh, a travel reimbursement, one to make a purchase, and so forth. We they just have a single person, and that person works with them on the creation of their budget, works with them on the management of their budget as well, and so we get a much more timely look at how they are doing uh, with their spending as well. And so, um, what that's obviously allowed us to do is the, the, the an, analyzing of the budgets are, it's, it's much more uh, timely, much more accurate, uh, so mm-hmm. that um, I, could, I see negative trends more quickly. And then that way it allows me to, uh, to get with, uh, with Danny, again, just to um, make sure that, that we're, you know, going to the right direction and so forth. So, uh, you know, those were the big things. Now, obviously with the pandemic, you know, there's a lot of changes in our, in how we're doing our scheduling. Um, And I'm curious if that's Mm -hmm. something that will keep uh, going. I think always, you know, when you're in the middle of something, you react to it a certain way. And then, you know, two to three years later, as things calm down, uh, it kind of gets back to normal or what normal was right. Or even goes beyond that. So, I'm curious to see how um, how this will change how we do business in the next three to four years. You know, do we do we take a uh, stronger stance on uh, having better reserve balances? You know, as an industry, they cannot not necessarily just UCF, but Mm -hmm. making sure uh, I guess I'd heard maybe one school could make it (laughs) make it with a um, with a a, a minimal football season. with no fans or what have you. And, you know, it's just not the case around the country. Everybody spends as soon as they get, they get their money. And uh, so I I really wonder if it's something that, Hey, we need to be a little bit more conservative with our spending and, and put some money back for a rainy day, similar to this, because we're going to, we're going to be putting a lot of stress on our university uh, to, to help us, whether it be in the form of some kind of loan or subsidy or, or what have you uh we're going to be putting a lot of stress on them um you know this year maybe even next year uh to help us keep our operations going right so i'll be i'll be really curious to see um how this all plays out when it when it comes to that and if universities can actually you know be in a position to do that
1: yeah i'm just saying like you said what continues after uh after hopefully uh the pandemic is over so Mm-hmm. Well, brad um you've given us a lot of great insights here today i've got one one final tough question for you uh what what beer are you drinking there and enjoying today
2: um so i i picked a uh Smittix, uh from ireland um i was very there good i think you're the first for
1: export to What's that? I yeah, <laughs> yeah that's
2: I, was, good. I was actually introduced to it when i was in uh, ireland for our football game against penn state uh back in 2013 and um it's it's a good it's a good beer so there you that's go that's great and that's katie great. what are you enjoying today
0: so i have um from one of our local gainesville breweries first magnitude they really are releasing um zoom themed beers so this one um is called <laughs> Me a host and it's a hazy ipa um, pretty good some of the other ones i feel like are better but i i still really like this one too
1: well, very good. And I'm enjoying also First Magnitude from that same series. This one's even I like the name even more. You're on mute, which would have gone over my head about a year ago. But I've been on about nine million Zoom calls in the last uh, six months. And um, that, that gets said on every single call. So, uh, so I totally get it. So it's great, great themes. Awesome.
0: Yeah, well, um, thank you so much, Brad, for joining us. Um, I know your peers listening will get a lot out of today's show and. We appreciate your willingness to be so candid for the discussion. Um, We see a lot of misunderstanding and quite frankly, bad assumptions made about the business of college sports, especially um, in the group of five environment like UCF is in. And so we're glad you shared your perspective with us today. Um, Also wanted to thank our listeners for tuning in to News & Brew Sports Biz as we advocate for college athletics, financial voices to be heard. Please make sure you subscribe to the series on your favorite podcast or video platform so you never miss an episode. And while you're at it, if you like what you've heard, we appreciate a review or a rating, or if you'd simply tell a friend about the show, that would help us too. If there are any topics you'd like to see covered on a future episode, or if you would like to join us, please contact us through our website at jmco.com. And in the meantime, you can follow us on social media for more news as the collegiate athletics landscape is continuing to rapidly evolve. Thanks for tuning in.